0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas.
1: Station now number one for podcasting. You're about, but you watch your From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is Mug Day with $7 Cousin Cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon.
2: Hi, right, Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller back uh, talking local sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending your morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list at the bottom of the hour. We're going to start with uh, our baseball guy, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Uh, he will join us on the, if there is any news uh, with the, on the labor front, there certainly is some disappointing news as to what Major League Baseball is trying to do to Minor League Baseball throughout the country, as they look to cut costs and really, I think, um, change the sport significantly. As far as the developmental aspect of it, so Matt Snyder will join us at 10.30. Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, bracketwag.com. He's Gannett's bracketologist. He updates his blog uh, blog and his bracket uh, every night um, so it's fresh content in the morning for you. If you follow those type of things, you like the brackets as this time of year. Bracketwag.com. Shelby at 1050. Wednesday means David Kaplan kicks off the second hour of the program. Lots of ground to cover with Cap. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors him. He'll be with us at 11.05. A little gambling conversation with our friend Kenny White, who spent the week in Los Angeles uh, for CBS Sports, amongst others. Uh, he will join us, uh, pick his brain a little bit, on sports betting. Does he bet the futures? If so, when is now the time to be trying to identify your team for next year? Do you wait? Lots of advice Kenny White will share with us at 11.30. Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors it Before- before we get out of here, just before noon. Well, uh, on top of the uh, fold this morning here on the Miller and Condon paper, um, is Iowa State's must-needed and good-for-them victory that they leave Fort Worth. The win on the road in the Big 12, you will take it. Wasn't the prettiest, but who cares? It's in the win column, Trent. It's another
3: game that is in the quadrant one. And as that's more, as important as anything. To pile them up in that quadrant. That's it's eight a now? Eight. Second in the country in quad one huh. victories. The net number Jeez. isn't pretty. Efficiency numbers aren't great. They are now eight and seven in quad one, 0 oh, and 2 in quad two. So a lot of times they'll put those two together. Still eight and nine in the top two mm. quadrants. That is an excellent resume. Yep. And we're heading to a path where yep. we're going to have a question. At 7-11. and 11. Hmm. Is it enough?
2: It is enough. It is. I agree with you.
3: It, it is enough. because they win
2: three more games. Totally
3: agree. There are no bad teams. There's no Nebraska in the Big 12. No, no. There's no Penn State. No. Even as the Nittany Lions got another one last night. Uh-huh.
2: This trying, is... If you have said this yesterday, I might have said Iowa State's the bad team of the conference. Right. There isn't a bad team, an awful mm-hmm.
3: team, in this league, and that's the why every time. parity yes. at the bottom. And you have all
2: these teams that are at least... Above average. You know what? I don't even. I, I should. I don't want to say at the, at the bottom. Yeah, that's where they sit in the standings. But it doesn't feel to your point. It's, right. a, it's not a Nebraska bottom. Right. It's a different bottom. We don't have Evansville. You see yes.
3: how much Drake's
2: favored by tonight? I didn't see. It. It's it got to be huge. They're favored
3: by seventeen. Oh
2: boy! And that's a seven o'clock tip. It is a home game yep. at the NAP. So if you want to see the Bulldogs uh, leave uh, leave the NAP Center, uh, feeling pretty good about the team that you just watched <laughs> tonight, would be the night to head down there because they're an overwhelming favorites. It feels like this is going to be a get right game. Yeah, it does against Todd Lickley. They need to too. Purple Aces, yep. three straight losses yep. for the doggies. But
3: yep. back to Iowa State. It's so weird because we have a team that's 6-12, and 7-11, whatever it mm-hmm. turns out to be, and yet they got a great shot. Yeah. They got they a do. great shot of getting in mm-hmm. because of what they did in the non-conference and how good this league is. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a confluence of these kind of events come together like this ever. There's never been a conference like this. That is this no. good. Every single game is going to be a quad one or quad one or quad two game. It's just you don't have this happen in any semblance. There's awful teams seemingly every year in every league. Right. And that's not the case it's this not. year. It's not. Because of that, even at 6-12, and 12, they probably got a shot. 6-12, and 12, you win the 8-9 game, you're in. I think so. And I then you lose so. to Kansas or Baylor or whoever yeah. it is.
2: That's okay in yeah. the quarterfinals. Yeah, Baylor's I don't think is... Look, I, I still expect Baylor to... They're still really good, but without mm-hmm. Chachua, that, that's a blow for them. And he's out for the year. Yeah, because Flo is... He's okay. He's inconsistent. Yeah, there's, but watching Thombo over the years, I thought, here's a kid who's really got a chance mm-hmm. to develop. and It didn't it, happen. Yeah, but he's not a bad player by no. any means. But I, I, I'm with you. I thought there was going to be more. Look, you said it o- over the um, over the first part of the week. You know, who, who else is it going to be? And you identified Hunter. And, man, he went mm-hmm. off yesterday. He was terrific. His, 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 the points that he scored, as important as they were, I thought his no-look pass to George Condit deep mm-hmm. in the first half. Yeah, I thought that was a thing of beauty. That followed on the heels of Brockington's steel length of the four, slam dunk. It might have been the um, subsequent possession. Maybe there was a couple in between there. But uh, I, I, I thought that... Um, Hunter was good. Condit was good. Calcher, big shot with the shot clock in the waning yes. uh milliseconds. Barely
3: got that off. So as they go to review it, did you think you got it yes, off in I time? I did. I thought so too. I did. And then you get you just have that brief moment of, oh no. Right. Did he must be close because why are they reviewing right, it? Right, right. Right away the whistle goes uh-huh. and they go over to the monitor. You said it though. Tyrese Hunter, put your head down, young oh, man. Oh boy. Get to the rim. You need this out of uh-huh. him. He had that stretch where he hit his three. And also, I think he had a bucket right before that. Mm-hmm. That's where the time for me was. Iowa State's winning this game.
2: Yeah, That was that the point, time. When you w- saw that he's going to, yeah. Yep,
3: when he had that mm-hmm. stretch in the second half when they needed it. The Offense was starting to go stale. A couple of those junk, jumpers from Brockington were off. and Oh boy, here we go again. And he came up with the big plays. That's what you need out of yes. this team. They play the defense again.
2: And they, they've they always been good defensively. Last night against Miles was, was elite. Yes. He's their leading scorer. You know how many points he got? Three, got him at the free throw line. Didn't make a field goal. Didn't make a shot. Kalsher and I think Hunter had a little say in it as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they were both uh, all over this kid. They shut him down. He was zero
3: for nine. They seemed more connected on that end of the mm-hmm. floor. Even as good as they've been defensively, this was. This felt like. The November and December. Trent,
2: they were scraping their knees and their yes. elbows. They Hustle. were on the floor. Grill, again. Mm-hmm. Made one big shot, uh, middle of the second half. That was his only shot, but he did some other things out there. that He deserved his time on the floor. He was terrific. Um, Cal sure diving for balls. Condit had a nice game. I thought he was involved. This was a team win. It really was. Only
3: eight turnovers as a team. Love it. There was just those little things that... Had been going awry. Mm-hmm. It felt like they all came together in a big time way. Oh, this team needed that. The family so needed it. Yes, they did. You're absolutely right. How about late in the game, though? What's Chuck O'Bannon doing with that shot? He gets two, both guys Trent, in the air. Exactly. You're down one. Right.
2: You don't need the three from there. You got two guys flying by a young man. I I, I look I'm glad he did. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and and yeah, because he, he shot the ball. He had a disappointing shooting mm-hmm. ball. He's got no arc on any of his shots. Flat. Whether it's right, whether it's a free throw or a three ball, it's absolutely flat.
3: That was one of my favorite things. I, I was a junk talker on were, the basketball floor. Were you? And if a guy threw up a shot that was a flat <laughs> <laughs> Love hollering that His guys are hoisted up over top of me, right? Flat and uh, yeah, chuckleman behind
2: in their in their dust <laughs> right. as they go. Well, there's there a few of those floor. too. Right. Flat chuckleman, and he's
3: one of those guys that be hollering flat a lot because that is a hideous shot. Doesn't matter though. TC is a good team. Yeah, they are. That's a road yep. victory. You keep piling up eight wins in quad one, mm. second in the country. Mm. Who's who's first? It's Auburn. I want to say. At the top, let's uh, scroll through here as we go. Nine wins for Baylor. Baylor, okay. Baylor is nine and three. Kansas also with eight wins in one in the first quadrant. Gonzaga has six. Arizona, Kentucky, each with five apiece. How about Kentucky? Five and five against quad one it's Kentucky a little surprising got,
2: Kentucky got pasted last night that's what I was waiting for because now I'm going to jump back aboard well because they were I think plus 750 or 850 I think 750 it was 750 was it's it.
3: 850 this morning at least at Bet River so that's eight and a half looking. to one yep
2: you know I said yesterday I got him at 22 to one I looked back I got him at 12 to one. Oh, 12 to 12 one. still pretty good it's I'm good still happy yeah. with that but nowhere near 22 to one um Oh, my gosh. Big, big win for the Clones last night. Big game in the Big 12 again here tonight. Texas Tech and Baylor will collide. Iowa State now takes the floor uh, against an Oklahoma team. A team that, or a game rather, that as we go back in the memory bank, Mm -hmm. that was kind of the first, oh, maybe disappointing stretch of basketball that Iowa State had played. Do you remember that they, it was such a back and forth game until, I don't know, 34 minutes, 32 minutes. Mm Uh, in Norman, and then Oklahoma kind of pulled away, and Iowa State kind of looked discombobulated out there. And we've seen that again from time to time. But, look, this is a winnable basketball game, and the fan base will be behind you in full throat uh, coming up at 1 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday afternoon.
3: They had the lead with about eight minutes left in that is that game. what it was? 59-56, yeah. and then... It just went downhill very quickly. It fell apart, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a 13-point loss, 79-66 to in that one. Yeah, an Oklahoma team that is inconsistent. Uh huh. Texas last night, it was a coin flip game. Right. It was one that went to overtime and
2: came down to the wire. You love Tanner Groves. What is it, the beard? Yeah, both of the Groves. Yes, the beard. Yeah, the Game of Thrones. They walked off the set there when that <laughs> series ended and decided to play some college basketball. But over. Wildlings. It's, they're okay, right? They're not. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, not Groves is great. Groves is a really good player. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. But I was taken win the basketball Goldwire game.
3: Goldwire can get to the rim, but uh-huh. he's. I mean, with the defense they have on the perimeter, that's just so Tyrese this, Hunter, Gabe mm, Kalscher, go mm, take him out, mm, and we'll do our work inside. Mm-hmm. And we got five fouls with Robert Jones, and here comes Cond- who is playing the most, the best basketball I, of his career. I thought he
2: was really active last yeah. night. I really did. Both and we've of seen the these
3: glimpses, and I, he has teased us so much. Going back to his freshman year, mm-hmm. he said, "Boy, if he can put it all right. together," and it just it never completely clicked. It feels like it's clicking now. It's never going to be a big score, mm-hmm. but hustle plays consistent, good defense. He's doing all, again, back to the little things that we talked about a little bit earlier, and he's doing those things, and I think playing, at least consistently, the best basketball of his career.
2: Here's a question. I was watching the game last night, watching Isaiah Brockington. Does does he mean more to Iowa State than Keegan Murray does to Iowa? If Keegan Murray doesn't get his... Mm -hmm. They've won games. They've won games. If Brockington doesn't get his, they have no shot. I don't think. If he doesn't get at least. If he's on double digits, if he has a bad shooting night. Or he, yeah, he's
3: three of 15 from the something field. Something like
2: that. It's over. Right. It just seems like that. Because Keegan means obviously he's yeah. a lottery pick. Right. So much to Iowa. But where would this team be without Isaiah Brockington? We'd, he's as important to his team, Trent.
3: We'd be I can talking think about of. that two and a half number if
2: Iowa can get above it's it. Absolutely. In conference right? wins. Yes, I don't think they would have. Right. Iowa State, yeah, that the Bet Rivers put out back in uh, in November, whatever it was. Brockington is, well, I mean, he's the most valuable player on the team, but a, the separation between him and and, and Hunter, Hunter last night was really good. He was, but it's just it, the gap between him and and the rest of that team. He is so important. I mean, Because he, he kind of wavered in the process. Remember, right. he was coming to Iowa State, then, eh, had a little change of heart. Don't remember the school that got back involved before he finally... Well,
3: and in Penn State, he was talking about... Was that he was going to stay yeah. there? Maybe that's what I'm thinking about.
2: Yep. But uh, obviously, we know how it ended up in, in Cyclone Nation. You have to be happy the way that that ended up, because boy, oh boy, oh boy, night in and night out, you can count on him. Has he had a bad game? Has he had, he has to have. I think there was one of those three for 15s that you're talking about.
3: Yes, yeah. He there had
2: haven't a, been a lot of them. Against
3: Texas, he went 5 of 17. Okay. 11 of 28 in the Kansas loss. So
2: wh- what was his last non-double-digit
3: game? Let's see. You have to go all the way back to the first Texas game that Iowa State won. He scored 8 in that game, 3 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. And they won that game. How did they win that game?
2: Well, I, I don't I don't remember. Oh,
3: that was the Gabe Kalisher six three pointer game. Oh, is that Red Wash? <laughs> That's how they won that mm-hmm. game.
2: But yeah, it's very, very rare that he doesn't have one of those. And boy. They needed us twenty points last night. What do you have? Twelve in the first half? Iowa State was held to a season low, twelve points in the uh or twenty-two points rather in the first half. Brockington with twelve of them. But they played defense, diving on the floor, scraping mm-hmm. their knees. It, it looked like um, it looked like an Iowa State team that we saw at the beginning of Big Twelve play. Maybe the urgency has set in. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has. It just kind of that light bulb right. goes on and says, "We're coming to We're the end." We're coming to the end.
3: And now you get three or four at home, and all three of them very winnable mm-hmm. games. Yep. Oklahoma Saturday. Yep. Next Wednesday, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yep. The road trips to K State. Right. little revenge there. All right. And then Wednesday the second of March, Oklahoma State. And that's a winnable basketball game. That's uh, you mentioned them. There's three right there. That's three. Uh-huh. And even at two and two. That's that six and twelve number.
2: Get but, to seven. Look, look, look after your home floor. They're in the NCAA yes, tournament. they are a lock. Yes, I agree. And we'll ask Shelby that when we talk to him mm-hmm. in about forty, uh, about thirty minutes, uh, thirty-five minutes. I uh, look forward to that conversation. With Shelby Mass, There is some, uh, some news for Cappy I want to get to. Uh, yesterday uh, it was announced that the Cubs television crew, they are back. And I'm, for one, I'm, uh, I, I think it's a great crew. I really do. Boog Shambi. Took you uh, while. Jim DeShay's. It did. Uh, but they've come around. Deshaies, his sense of humor is it's so dry. Um, and it's he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he this was a bad baseball team last year, but it was still you still tuned in because yeah, the broadcasters they they present a pretty good game. So they have resigned. Uh that's good news. I don't think that the, you can find you'll find too many Cubs fans that were um are disappointed in that news. Now, the question becomes yeah, are the product on the field. Are we going to see baseball and is boog yeah.
3: and Deshae is going to be able to call a game.
2: Well, they will. It's just when I did see. There's some naysayers out there that think that this season may go awry. That they may. I I can't even entertain that for a second. They're going to play baseball. There's too much. There's good. They're going to play baseball. Am I go, convincing myself? I think you are. Okay. Well, they will
3: eventually. Uh huh. And then the season's not going to go away. No. But when that starts, remember the stories after. The summer of 2020. Yes. Because we're trying to figure things out. Start on May 1st. Get this done. Yeah. This is what the country needs. hmm This will be great. hmm They couldn't come to agreement. Nope. And it stretched out and stretched out, and we got this weird, convoluted 60-game season. It was fun. We got it. Yeah. That was the most important part, is we got it.
2: But and I remember last year, when there was talk... hmm that, that maybe there's going to be some, maybe this, maybe the 100, we don't need 162. Maybe we can do without the month of April. Go to 144. Yeah, and I can remember us actually, you know what? I could, I, I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. Now, when April rolled around and there was baseball, we were grateful that there was, mm-hmm. but a, a shortened season, maybe this is a chance to, I don't know, to reboot baseball. and it in September? No, don't do that. No. October's too special.
3: And I don't think it, it gets, gets lost. lost. Do you think it does? Oh yes. Look at the numbers. Yeah. F- King football. You say no, it all the I know time. It is. Well, it's true. Wouldn't it make more sense to actually end it in August?
2: Well, you know, it would be make more sense for baseball. Well, there's two things: a, the blackout rule, but <laughs> yeah. b, get your games over before 11:30 yeah. or before midnight on the eastern in the Eastern time zone.
3: What do you want to see come out of this? The the minor league pay, the minimum they, salary. Trying,
2: that that that's it's unfair what they're doing to those players. Yes. I mean, the, the 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 majority of them will be doing something else in a couple of years. And your rookie league team
3: down in Florida, I mean, it's a rounding error for these owners. Uh-huh. And Manfred, I saw the quote and it was on Twitter, and Manfred, it just he can't help himself. It incensed me. Yep, is he was basically saying that it's a bad investment mm-hmm. for baseball owners. Mm-hmm. What in God's name is he talking about?
2: Is, is there anybody that is I think lost he's saying money? The quiet part out loud. Jeez. I think he's that's a mouth. Now, this is what the owners are telling him, and they just think he's got the common sense to maybe massage it a little bit to present it so it's not so cold. If it's such a bad investment, why do they continue right. to sell them? Right. Why do why, they continue why, to make money every single every si- time? And why is their franchise values going up, up, up,
3: up, up? Because they are. And you yet, $300,000 for your Class A affiliate. Yeah. Just too much. Clinton, sorry, no more baseball mm-hmm. for you doesn't make a lick of sense. No, I'm with you. It doesn't make a lick of sense. It's very, very frustrating to see that. And the players are are looking at it saying, we come out, we come with a proposal, you sit on it for weeks, Mm -hmm. then you come back and you give an inch. And then we give another 12 and you give another inch. And it just on and on and on. I understand the frustration from the player perspective. It's incredibly infuriating that these billionaires continue to manipulate this sport in a way that is not ultimately good for the game.
2: No. No. I, 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 it, and there's right. people that won't come back. Well, I thought that a lot of folks were cutting off their nose to spite their face in 95 with the strike. I really did. I'll never watch baseball. You, you kidding? You're going to watch baseball. You love it. Trent, a lot of them stayed away. Or certainly didn't come back to the level that they were mm-hmm. uh, prior to prior to the—they lost a World Series. Right. They won a strike in August and, and didn't come back until the following—was it May or whatever it yep. was? Um and and a lot of people, millionaires versus billionaires, still haven't come back. So Matt Snyder's coming up in ten minutes. Now, uh, real real quick from around basketball last night, I want to bring up this Penn State Michigan State game. Yeah, boy, that was entertaining as hell. It really was. There's something about this Penn State kid. How did this Harar not play not play football? <laughs> he, Honestly, you want to play tight end? Something. Yeah. I mean, he's built like a brick. You know what? <laughs> right. He's a big, big dude. And he can play a little bit too. He can. He can play a little bit. I mean, he can't shoot a free throw to save his life. And they get him out of there when it when when they need to at that point. But this is a big big boy, uh, and Lundy and um, um, they got some they got some guys on that team. So what do we make of Michigan State? What do we make of of Izzo? Eh, tap the brakes a little bit. You know that when the end of February gets here into mm-hmm. March, Izzo's going to be there. Are you where are you on Michigan State? I feel like we have this conversation a lot that. There's
3: this lull. At some point during every season, Michigan State has one of these during conference play. They lose a couple of games they shouldn't. They lose three out of four as they're currently doing right now. And you start to throw the dirt on Izzo. (laughs) And I think back of the final four team would have been three years ago that was up in Minnesota with Jack Hoyberg was on the team. You were there. And that team, I'm looking at right now. They had three straight losses. January 27th and the first two games of February. Mm-hmm. And I remember those conversations. Oh boy, this team isn't the same. They got beat earlier in the year by Kansas. They lost to Louisville. It's going to be a nice ISO team, and it's not very good. And all of a sudden, Cassius Winston took his game to another level.
2: He was unbelievable and, in that run.
3: And they had Xavier Tillman, and they had Kenny Goins, and on and on and on. Now look at this year's team. Who do you like on this team? And it's just it. I don't I don't like them. I. Hoggard is... Okay. Mm-hmm. Marble can be all right. Yeah. He was their best player last yeah. night. But who's going to be that guy that's going to put the team on his back? Blake Hall,
2: uh, Walker? No. No? I, I don't, don't see Bingham? So. Mm. He's a body.
3: Mm-hmm. But he's just kind of... It, mm-hmm. it doesn't have... Christie's a freshman. I I don't trust him yet. Michigan State just has all these guys norm, in a normal year, where even when they're not playing well, you feel like you can count on them. I don't see one game that I consistently can count one player on the team that you can consistently count on. When when's that game?
2: Next Tuesday in, in Iowa City? Yes. So it's tomorrow night, six o'clock. Saturday they go to Columbus, mm-hmm. and then Monday they're back uh for Michigan State. Tuesday. Tuesday they're Tuesday. back for Michigan State. <sighs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Get two out of three? Mhm. Uh-huh. We're having the same conversation we See, just and, with and State. Ohio State has got some injuries, but and they 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 clobbered Minnesota last night. But yeah. Min- although Minnesota won a game over the weekend. Yeah, they, they did. did. They won a game over the weekend. Um Yeah, they get two out of 3. Can can you What's the uh, most likely where are they going to trip up if they if they win two? The road game. You think it is when they go to Columbus on I Saturday? I think so. Michigan is I think depends I would win on, the game. it. Depends what
3: day you get them. Right. We've seen good Michigan, but it's been very rare this year. You win that one, Ohio State, it's a road game. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen consistent. Mm-hmm. They lost to Penn State and Rutgers on the road. All right. Two okay teams. Yeah, they're good. I, I, Rutgers, pretty good. Rutgers, is it, is it, they got a big game tonight. Is it Illinois-Rutgers tonight? Is that what it is? I think so. Hadn't looked uh, at I, the Big Ten slate. I think yet. it is. Rutgers, let's click on them quick. Yeah, yeah, they are at home tonight. And it's early, Carolina. too,
2: right? Is that an early game? Card? I think it's 6. My, my, my night is so set. So that early. Uh-huh. The Jets in the wild it has a chance to be... I hope it I hope it lives up to everybody's thought processes as what we're going to see, because there were brawls in this game. Oh, last. really? These two teams, honest to God, it's cliche, but they've they developed a great rivalry, a hatred. That's good. So you got that at 7. And maybe... No. No. The best rivalry... In the Winter Olympics, takes place tonight at 10 after 10 our time. There's no way in hell I'll see it all.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and I'm talking about women's hockey, Canada versus the USA. Really the only two good teams. Without a doubt, Trent. They are so much better than anybody mm-hmm. else. And the two countries take turns beating each other on the ice. Yeah. Um, they played in the preliminaries. And Canada got them. What was it? 4-2, 4-2 I 4-2. Think. Yep. So are they
3: that much better?
2: Or no, is, this no. is a coin flip. It's 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 a coin flip game. And you sent me the numbers last. You get plus one seventy on the Americans. You like that? They can win the game, Mister Canada. Yes, but also Mister <laughs> Betting
3: likes the plus. I'm 170. not
2: playing it, but I, 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 they they can win the hockey. But this is like if you're sitting up and you got and there's uh, you're, maybe no, you're not into the Olympics game. This is a true rivalry. It really is on ice. Not the men, the women. Both the men's teams are out, by the way. Americans yeah. got beat and the Canadians got beat this morning.
3: I went to bed. It was 2-1. It was nine minutes left in the third. I'm like, eh, I'm good. So what time was this at? 11-something? Okay, yeah. Something like that. And I'm like, ah, I could probably fight it. And it went to a TV break. I'm like, yeah, I'm cashing in my chips. Yeah, It's been a long couple of days. Well, the g- Americans household. gave
2: up a goal with like 40 seconds left or something oh. like that and then lost it in the shootout. But this one tonight... Head uh, by far, the best two teams in this tournament, and there's a legitimate rivalry. so you love hockey, we yes. know this yes the physicality that we're gonna see tonight uh, in what in the Jets in the wild no 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 in,
3: in the u s <laughs> Canadian women's matchup
2: not it's a different game yes, it's a different game, it's a different game, but it's way better than than I mean, it has come so far mm-hmm. so I mean for starters. There were very few women that played the sport. I don't remember living up there when women's hockey was even a thing. Really? And this is, I moved in 89. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was, but if it was, they were very small pockets. Sure. And it has exploded. That's awesome. And it's exploded in North America because of the two countries, because of the Americans have um, brought the sport as far as they have, both on the men's side and on the women's side. Good one tonight.
3: And you can't stay up for all of it.
2: I won't stay up for all of it, but, <laughs> uh, but I'll
3: see some of it. Some of it.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna too. I, I'm going to be. I'm gonna be locked into this one. I'm excited for it. Are you gonna bet in? Yeah. Are you gonna save it until about ten minutes before midnight? Before or before noon, rather. What you <laughs> tell us? What you're gonna do? Exactly. In the circus sports play of the day, Matt Snyder on baseball. Next final few days of our. $1,000 slam dunk promotion at kxno.com and across the iHeart platforms. Uh, go to kxno.com once you get there. Enter the keyword money, money at kxno.com. Your chance to win a $1,000. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports.com. What is going on in baseball? Matt will help us out next. It's Miller and Condon. Underway on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. MyLasicoffer.com.
1: Now, back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, 10.35
2: on a Wednesday. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Looking forward to our Monday conversations with our next guest, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Boy, I hope they start sooner rather than later. That means baseball is back. Matt Snyder, good to catch up with you again. How have you been?
0: I'm um, pretty good. Uh, that that was a, a bittersweet lead-in song there. Because <laughs> yeah, really. Kind of like fire up song when you hear center field to put me in coach part. Then it's like, oh wait, oh never mind. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, where are we? What do you, what do what kind of is you watch it from? Uh, you know, the periphery as everybody is trying to figure out if there is some movement. Is this a positive? Oh boy, that's a blow. We're not playing until June. Um, we've I've been on both extremes. Where are you, Matt Snyder? As far as will cooler heads prevail? Will we get this done? And and it, as, do you see anything that leads you to believe we're headed in that direction?
0: The only thing is, I mean, I I, I think that the two sides are really, really hate each other at this point. And the players seem to especially have disdain for Rob Manfred, which is interesting and kind of funny, uh, especially if we finally get a deal done then we can laugh about it more. <laughs> but if you look at what they're actually arguing about, it's not that much. like they're not that far away. Um, to the point that I really wish that the owners would, as a sign of good faith, lift the lockout and negotiate while the players are in spring training. Because I, I don't think that they're far enough apart that, they're, that the lockout's necessary. And especially given when the owners put the lockout in place, compared to what we've seen since, we know that their statement was total BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they said they wanted to jumpstart negotiations and they hope that this made them come to a quick deal, but they didn't make an offer to the players for 43 days. And, yeah, you can have your mouthpiece, Rob Manfred, go out and say phones work two ways. But if you say (laughs) a lockout's necessary because we want a deal as fast as possible, uh, well, let's just say this. No matter what we're talking about, if I come to you and say, I want to make a deal as fast as possible, what's the first thing you would say back to me? What do you want? Right? Right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: So, uh, and they didn 't say what they wanted for forty three days, yeah, yeah so it doesn 't seem like they want to deal that fast, and they 're sure not acting like they want to, they want baseball anytime soon right now. Um, I wish they were talking a lot more, but it it doesn 't seem let 's just say like the, the minimum salary, for example, the players want seven hundred seventy five thousand minimum salary the owners want six hundred fifteen thousand that 's not that far apart. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about a bonus pool for pre-arbitration players, which, you know, a good example is Juan Soto in 2019 made $578,000. I think everybody can agree he was worth a heck <laughs> of a lot more than that. So in light of that, the players won a bonus pool for pre-arbitration players. They suggested $100 million for 30 players. That's an average of $3.33 million. Remember, there are 30 teams, so it's not that much per team. The teams suggested $15 million sounds like a huge difference but again 85 million dollars over the over 30 teams that's not that much per team especially since the last season was full crowds and it looks like we're going to have those again in 2022 the last season with full crowds they had over 10 billion dollars in revenue Jeez. uh you know less than 3 million dollars per team to drop in the bucket uh and then there's the competitive balance tax again the two sides just aren't that far apart the players wanted at 245 million the owners wanted at 212, sounds like a huge gap, but when we're dealing with that many millions, it's not that far apart. You feel like there are compromises to be had on those three things, and those are really the only three areas where they haven't agreed on anything yet. So, like I said, it, it, it seems like it's so contentious, and there's this huge fight, and they hate each other so much, but they're really not that far apart. If they would just talk more, and I, I, like I said, I feel like if the owners lifted the lockout, the players would be a lot more open to compromising and saying, okay, you, you said you lift the lockout. We can go to spring training. Let's start talking about these things.
3: On the field, there's been a lot of conversation. Of course, Universal DH. One of the other things that has been bandied about is a pitch clock. Are we getting a pitch clock? And what else on the field is the back and forth that we're seeing?
0: Haven't heard anything about that at all. I, I wonder if that's more uh, once they come to a CBA, something that, that kind of Manfred would bring up. Uh, they've been testing in the minors for years. I have no doubt that the players would would be fully against it and would say, don't do this, if for no other reason, because it sounds scary, number one, Mm -hmm. and right now they're in the middle of all these fights, and that sounds like something else the owners are just trying to slip in there. But anybody, and I assume you guys are on, on this boat, who have been to minor league games with the pitch clock the last few years, you almost don't even notice it. Right?
2: No, it's true.
0: So... I think it would be good, but I don't think this is a time because of the contentiousness between the two sides. and the I feel like the players who haven't done it would be like, hell no, you're not going to make me speed up right now.
2: <laughs> you know what, Al? This is not a good time. Well, it's never a good time. I mean, the guy lost his life for crying out loud. But the Tyler Skaggs, the, the trial that's so, unfolding, yeah. this, this is not good for baseball. When you see Matt Harvey, and I don't know if that was a... Uh, a Photoshop with a, somebody found a photo of blood trickling from his nose. Um, it just, just the whole thing and the drugs in baseball, not, not, um, not performance enhancing drugs. We know that yeah. part, but just, you know, the, the Oxycontin and, and, some of these other drugs. This is not a good time for this. And it, as far as it going, as it's going amongst the angels and the other players involved, uh, this is the last thing baseball needs.
0: Yeah, it was pretty jarring. I mean, especially when we're in the middle of this fight that's all about money. It doesn't sound good to to the fans, who are the most important people here. Really, the consumer are the, is the most important group, and to have this happening in the middle of the two sides fighting about money, it's it's a bad look. Um, hopefully, teams do a better job of this, especially in light of I have no idea what in the world Terry Collins thought he was going to accomplish by doing. <laughs> that interview last night and revealing that they knew that Harvey was suicidal, but they kept running him out there to the mound. I, I, again, I I have no idea what his thought process was behind that. Uh, But if there are a lot of instances of this happening, let's hope that this trial leads to uh, good down the road and we can find ways to, it's less on, on this front to me about cleaning it up and more about if the players are going through stuff like this, let's try to get them help. In, in ways that are not going to be, uh, you know, let's do cocaine to get you up for your starts, and then in between right. starts, let, let's do oxycontin to help you heal, and then have that be a cycle the whole year. Let let's find ways to to do better by the players.
3: Matt, want to uh, go to when a deal comes in place, free agency. How many of these deals are done? Trades cool. that might happen. I mean, is this all kind to of to win- be
2: not like a wink and a nod type? Right, thing? right. Good is question.
0: It, is this I, window dressing? I don't know. Right. I mean, we haven't been we haven't been through anything like this since I've been in, in this business. So it seems to make sense yeah. that you know there would have been, mm-hmm. let's say, like the the Mariners have really want Chris Bryant. It seems to make sense that they would send like I don't know how how cloak and dagger it would be, but you know send people that are like speaking on behalf of the general manager, the people who are speaking on behalf of Scott Boras, getting back to Bryant's wife or something like that yeah. and, like, trying to have it be through third parties. I mean, I don't know if it would be, like, the wire or anything where they're using <laughs> beepers, And but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting if we saw the lockout lifted and then just a flirting <laughs> of signing happen, <laughs> And then you'd be like, okay, come on, you guys were talking all along. Yeah. But then they could say, well, no, we were close to the finish line mm-hmm. before the lockout happened, and we just said, we'll come right back here after the lockout. So I think they could get around it. I just... It'll be fun to see how it transpires. and In all honesty, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I don't care if they've right. been talking all along. Nor do I. Yeah.
2: No, I think it's great. Yeah. That's a great question, Trent, and I totally agree with you. Then mm-hmm. this has to be It'll going be like up. the
3: NFL when you have like yeah, three have the, days the, of free agency. the tampering
2: period, now yeah. the legal tampering yeah, yeah. period. Uh, yeah. You know, so speaking of that, you could break the tie, Matt Snyder, Bruce. I think his last name is Levine mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. Uh, Look, there's a door that's open for Rizzo to walk through back to the Cubs. David Kaplan joins us. No shot. This is happening. Where are you <laughs> on Rizzo? Does it make sense um, to bring him back? Do you think they're talking? Or there, there's been? T- I, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure that the door's open, and it, it wouldn't be surprising, unfortunately, because you know Rizzo, he got caught in that that spot where. The Cubs offered him a seven-year, something like $42, $45 million deal before he was an established star, and that's life-changing, generation-type changing money for his family, so he has to take it. But then all of a sudden he becomes a superstar, and by the time he gets to the end of his deal, now it looks like, okay, you're not going to get that huge payday. Um, It might look like he has to take like a kind of a one-year show-me type deal Mm -hmm. if that's the case. Rizzo would surely be comfortable coming back to Wrigley, and if the Cubs thought, especially with a universal d h um obviously Rizzo's a great defender, so you'd want him on the field more often than not, But if he has some of his back issues pop up, you can throw him at d h also, if you want to say, well, we want to see what we have with Frank Swindell well, Rizzo's a much better defender, you can d h Swindell, you know mm-hmm. so. I think it would make sense for both sides from that from that lens. Like, if he was looking at maybe just a one-year deal, if he's still trying to get three, four, five years, I don't know if his age in the Cubs' next window of contention lines up. Um, I also think that if you're looking at a reunion-type thing, somebody like Kyle Schwarber would make a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. You could sign Schwarber to a three- or four-year deal. You can play him in left field a couple times a week. You can DH him the other times a week. Tina's had his real coming out party last year. Mm-hmm. And as beloved as he is in Wrigleyville, I think it would be a great reunion.
2: Uh, we have 10 seconds left. Uh, it's the 16th of February oh, today. Do we get to the end? Is there a deal by the end of February? Calendar turns to March.
0: Do we yeah. have a deal? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay optimistic and say by March 1st, yes, they're in camp.
2: Good stuff, Matt Snyder. Look forward to doing this a whole bunch more here as we get to closer to the regular season. And I'm with you. Optimism reigns. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports Thank you, Matt. All right, take care. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, as we talk a little MLB. Bracketologist Shelby Mast is with Miller and Condon next. Des Moines Sports Station, one oh six. UN Ames Back, Miller, and Conlon. Let's uh, get right to Shelby Mass a little bit late here in the hour. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com, bracketwag.com. Shelby joins us. Shelby, Trent, and Ken. Sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, thanks for popping on. Let's start with Iowa State. Uh, their win on the road last night. Now, up to eight quad one wins, Shelby. Trent and I are trying to, you know, can they win if they get to six wins? Do they get in? You need seven. Is that stamp your ticket? Where is Iowa State considering they've got all those quad one wins in the bank, Shelby?
1: Yeah, they're looking okay right now. If they'd have lost last night, that would have been bad. And um, it would probably push them to a double-digit seed. I've, I've still got them in that 8-9 game, and they've got four winnable games in a row. Take care of business. Three of them are at home. I can't stress enough how much they need those. One loss could be the difference.
2: So, if they do take care of business in those games, Shelby, what's their, what, what, I guess ultimately, how high can they climb in the bracket in your mind?
1: I think probably very optimistic. Uh, They could be on the sixth line, Mm -hmm. but it's looking somewhere between seven and nine in that range. Gotcha.
3: So kind of in the middle of the bracket and kind of want to be either higher or lower than that. We've talked about that a lot here in the past, but in a good position. What about the Iowa Hawkeyes then? Let's go to the other state, other side of the state and look at the Hawkeyes. Three big ones coming up. Michigan tomorrow night. Ohio State on the road over the weekend and then Michigan State comes to town next week. Do they have to win two out of those three games to get those quad one victories and, and feel a lot better about their positioning? I
1: think so because they're Their resume is good, but they don't have the quad one victories that the committee likes. And they've had one, and they've got they beat a couple teams that have gone back and forth between quad one and quad two. You got to have the solid quad one win with with a team that'll be there, quad one at the end. So I think uh, winning two or three would probably do that, Uh, and then don't lose to Nebraska.
2: That'll be bad. Yeah, sure would. For a lot of reasons. It's losing to Nebraska and B. Yeah, great point. Shelby, you are one of the few bracketologists that. I don't want to say he's not, not in love with the Big 12. And, and maybe that's being unfair characterizing it that way. But your first four out, Rutgers, and we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. Cause I'm anxious to pick your brain on this team cause I like them. But then your next, uh, your next four out, Kansas State, Oklahoma and West Virginia, who, as you mentioned, coincidentally line up on Iowa State's schedule coming up. But, uh, you have only six teams. As we know, Oklahoma State is not eligible. Uh, you're one of the few that has six teams from the Big 12. But you're certainly not writing off K State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia.
1: Not at all. Those three. I mean, we could be looking at unprecedented times where this is where every team that's eligible gets in. I don't think that'll happen. But they're all still alive, except Oklahoma State. But Kansas State has made a nice run here, uh, middle or late of the season. Uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia had good runs early, and they're kind of falling off, so they're heading in different directions. Um, But I I think one of those will end up back in. I just don't know which one yet.
3: Your last four in currently: Belmont, Creighton, SMU, and Memphis. Got a little mid-major play there with the Big East thrown in with Creighton, and depending on your look at the American Athletic Conference, those mid majors though, or even low majors in the kind of resumes that they're putting together, the Murray States, the Belmonts, the smu Memphises of the world. How strong is it this year? We've talked a lot about the WCC and the Mountain West. Just how good, in your mind, is kind of that next tier after the power group?
1: I I think they're pretty solid. I don't know. It's not looking like they're going to get as many teams as I thought, but those teams that do get in are going to be tough out. Uh, The Mountain West, uh, everybody evidently has four teams, I don't think so right now, but San Diego State could be that fourth in for the Mountain West. Uh, Wyoming was, took a bad loss last night, and they will probably fall in my bracket when I do my scrub on Friday. Uh, but that, but that's three solid Mountain West teams, and they're all sitting in that seven, eight range. So they're going to be a tough. Tough matchup against the, whatever one or two they faced the
2: second round. Shabby,
1: let's go to records
2: for a second. It's on a real roll right now. I like this team for whatever reason. Beating Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, the last three. Of course, all three of them ranked. One of them, the Wisconsin win, came on the road. They still, I mean, the next, uh, their next four, well, the, rest, the rest of the schedule: Illinois, Purdue, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Before maybe catching their breath with Penn State, although they can pop up every now and then. They're nine and five in the Big Ten. That uh, let uh, yet most people think that this team still has a lot of work to do. And with what lies ahead, I'm not so sure the Scarlet Knights are going to find themselves in the tournament.
1: I, I'm not either. I can't ignore them right now. They're playing too good, and they. I. <clears throat> I don't think they really surprise teams anymore. When you beat enough good teams, then it, it's no longer a surprise. They got three losses that, that really are stinkers, especially a home loss to number three fifteen Lafayette. Yeah. That that's tough to overcome those bad, really bad stinker losses, but. They're getting a good win, and I they're going to be an interesting case. They, if they can win three of the next you know, run of games, a tough game, then I, I think this, they'll be in.
3: Let's go to the top of the bracket. Who's the team in your top two lines there? The top eight teams you have listed, Arizona, Auburn, Kansas, Gonzaga, Baylor, Duke, Purdue, and Kentucky. Of that group, who's the one that you think might take a step back here and might find themselves, say, closer to the 4-5 or five line?
1: Uh, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Duke because they don't have mm. any opportunities left for right. big wins. They can only hurt themselves. Um, I, that, that would be my one, probably Purdue's second that because the Big Ten so tough that they, you know, they could lose. And if Duke loses one or two, that's going to be tough for them. But Purdue could lose one or two and not hurt them too bad, but. More opportunities for
2: them to lose. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com, bracketwag.com. He updates it each and every day. If you're into this, and I know a lot of you listeners are at this time of year, Shelby Mass, Gennett's Bracketologist, Miller & Condon's Bracketologist. He joins us weekly. Shelby, as always, thank you for doing this for us. Have a great week, Shelby. We'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Shelby Mass as we go inside the brackets. Off we go to Chicago when we come back. David Kaplan will join us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. Kenny White will head to Vegas uh, with Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com as well about 11.30. We take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.